0: as we continue our journey through the book of Ephesians today we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21 and and this is the end of the third chapter of Ephesians and it's kind of that that hinge text if you will where we are moving from the, the theological and the those doctrinal statements of Ephesians 1 through 3 that we've looked at where we've seen what God has done by uniting all things in Christ and breaking down the divisions and the barriers. And we're getting more into, in chapters 4 through 6, those those weeks to come, we'll be looking more at the application side. Answering how we respond to this love and unity that God has given us. How do we lead a life worthy of the calling which which we have been called? And, And... this text in Ephesians 3 starts much like last week's with that statement of this is why and and so we 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 don't want to miss that we've Prior to, been talking about God's grace and how it's available to all through this mystery of grace that we will never understand, welcomes and tears down walls and brings in, and that the church, at the very core of what it is supposed to do, is to share this wisdom of God and God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. And today's text really is more of a prayer for the church and it addresses what how we go about this text how we address such a large idea that we as the church are called to share to all the world of God's love and so often this can become a daunting task an almost unachievable sense it can become hopeless or impossible it seems that way at least and as we hear in our text our author is praying this prayer so that we may have strength that we may have the encouragement to go forth doing the will, even when seeing things seem hopeless, and, and that we may know our purpose. And, and I feel like that while this is a great message for what we are called to do as the church, this is a great message for where we may find ourselves in our lives if we find ourselves feeling hopeless or like something is impossible. That what we hear in this prayer is that we will know our, we will know where, from where our strength comes. I'm reminded of a story before we enter into our text of I, I was new into youth ministry and I was serving in Jackson and my parents had recently moved to the coast and I was looking for a place to live. And, and, and so a couple that weren't even church members uh, said, well, you know, you can come stay with us until you can find somewhere to live. And, and they were expecting me to come, and, and we, we always talk about this, Dan and Beth, Autry and me, we always talk about this, that they were expecting me to come, maybe stay for a couple of months, maybe even a few months. Um, and then about three years later, I was moving out. Um, they were expecting to get a house guest, and I had become a roommate. Um, and, and and it, and it changed everything, as they tell, tell me. that you know The way in which they did life, how we, how, how we interacted, changed everything about how I interacted with people and how I encountered people. It, it changed the way in which I acted. It changed who I was as a person. Um, and I've been told that by them that it changed them as well. And I, and I say all that to say that, you know, like I said, they were expecting a house guest and they got a roommate that, that changed everything. And I think for many of us, I say this because for many of us, this is how we enter into our faith. We say, hey, God, just come visit for a little while. Tell me on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, whenever I find myself diving into my scriptures, you just come visit and then leave me be. And we find ourselves asking God to come and be a guest in in our lives. But what this prayer is addressing is authentic faith. Which calls us to so much more than God just being a guest. But it calls us to truly embrace God as God. And so with that in mind, let's hear these words from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21. It says, This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you and in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers, I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God, who is able to do far more, far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as I mentioned, this is... The text that is kind of a continuation or the wrapping up almost of what we've been looking at over the past couple of weeks. This idea that it's not about me, but about we. And today there's even more of a shift as we're shifting from what is probably the most important reality and it's that it is about God. This is the prayer for the church as a whole. Not just for wherever you find yourself as a member of a congregation on Sunday mornings, but the church as a whole, for the we, universal, as we seek the will of God. The Father, as we hear of every race, tribe, clan, and nation. The one who calls us, equips us, and sends us on this mission into the world that we are talking about. And to live out that mission, the church needs, as we hear, God's strength, power, and presence. In this everlasting truth, this truth that we hear spoken in this beautiful prayer can only be known. This idea of God's love and grace and mercy can only be known as we are strengthened inwardly. And as we ask Christ to come dwell within us and within the church and to become firmly rooted and growing in the soil of love. Because this prayer points to that truth that we are rooted and we are grounded. We are like a tree with roots and like, like a building on, on its foundation that our roots are planted in the presence or becoming of God, or being of God rather. That, we're, that the essence of who we are is rooted in who God is, our creator. Our foundation is laid on firm ground of who God is. And this is that, like we talked about last week, about the foundation is what matters. And our foundation is who God is and who God proclaims that we are. And, and God's love for us, that divine love, is the basis, is the root of all of, that we do. And it is through Christ dwelling within us, not just coming to visit, but literally entering into our lives and saying, I'm here to stay. That we realize the extent of that life-controlling and life-giving love. That we begin to realize the height, the depth, the width, and the length of all this love. That we can begin to accept that love of God. For, for many people when I and going into seminary, I even felt this way that we that it was an intellectual venture it was a, it was something that you could wrap your mind around how much God loved you. you begin to truly uh, study and really dive into it. And what I began to realize is that this is not something that you will ever be able to wrap your mind around how much God loves you. but you, it requires us to, to surrender to God because it's a mystery that we can never fathom as to why and how and how much God loves us. God's love and grace are beyond our comprehension as humans because God is an infinite God and we are finite people. We can hope to know that love, but we can never fully understand it. We, we can hope to know God, but as we begin to know and grow in relationship with God, we will never fully understand who God is and what God is doing. This is why we are called to faith. We can't, we can't wrap our minds around it and we can't think our way into understanding God's love. It's not revealed by allowing Christ to it's only revealed rather by allowing Christ to dwell within us and surrendering to Christ going i can't understand it i don't understand it but i'm 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 leaning into it oh god and this is what worship and service fellowship and the whole life of the church is about is that leaning into god's love and grace and mercy and allowing it to be the foundation for what all that we do as we lean into it and seek god's guidance it is love learned in the fellowship of one another? In this community that we learn to love Christ, the love of Christ, but we learn Christ's love for us and what it means to love Christ in others through doing life together. To know this love. Indeed, is to be possessed by such a love, to, under, to even know that God loves us. We, we become so enamored and so fixated and so and en, enwrapped en in it that we are wrapped up in the fullness of God. The fullness is not something that we possess and hold, rather it's that we are filled up. It is, it is that idea of we, we are filled up by God and that God is continually pouring into us and that everything we do is an overflow of God's love for us. All the goodness that we share and show is God's love for us because we are so filled with the Spirit that it flows from us so that the reconciliation which has been accomplished in Christ might become an actual experience in our world. You see, for many of us, we have not begun to even scrape the surface of God's love, which is why we find so much hatred and division in our world today. This is is not what we are called to do. But this uh, this leaning into God and really... beginning to understand the love of god is what keeps us going in our life of faith not simply what we do not simply knowing better or not 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 simply saying this is how we've always done it that's not what keeps us going that's it's not much motivation if it's just this is what i've always done that's not much motivation for developing and sustaining a lifelong faith it's not some external thing that acts upon us that we simply do. Those aspects of faith, while important, they, they don't play the role in sustaining our faith. But our text points us to the heart of the matter, which is the heart of authentic faith. And it's an internal issue. And that's what our text is talking about, is the reason behind all of it, that what sustains this life of faith that we are called to live and to share is something that happens to us, something that happens inside of us. It is an internal reality that Christ comes and dwells in our hearts through faith, that we believe that Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again, but that that life of faith is not simply looking back at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, but it's a matter of Christ living in our hearts in the here and now. It's not a look at what Jesus did, but it's a what is Jesus doing now. The faith that makes the presence of God possible is openness to, the, to God. It's the willingness to let God be God and for, and for us to be us. To allow God to be God in us and for us. To allow God to be more than just a visitor or something that we go and seek, but to allow God to dwell within us and lead us in learning through relationships. I I I'm, I'm reminded that when I got married uh and Anna was moving me and Anna, Anna was moving into the house that I thought I was being a good husband and I began to unpack boxes put things away where I thought they went and I, and, and when Anna came home I was she was not angry but she was very quiet and I asked is everything okay and in her way she said I'm fine it's fine and what I began to realize is everything was not fine but that what I had done as someone who is a nester she wanted to have the opportunity to put things away, to know where they went, to, to, to make it her home. And I, and I had taken that from her. And I did not know this about her, but it was something I learned through relationship. See, it's, it's, it's through relationships that we begin to appreciate. And it's it's a relationship with God in which we appreciate God's love and, and, that, and the active dynamics of that love in our lives, that we become full of, It's with God. It is a way that that we can begin talking about what God is doing. It reminds us of the prayer of the psalmist. That earth may be filled with the goodness of God. And what fills God is love. And what God is seeking to fill this universe and fill us with is love. That we can be a part of it. This is that beautiful definition of Christian spirituality and mission. Participating in the flooding the world with God's love. And so the the prayer here is an invitation saying, let God in, let God fill you up, that everything you do is an overflowing and that you may flood this world with God's love. Allow the love of Christ to transform you and dwell within you, allowing His love to lead and guide you. Because we've been filled if we receive it. So is Christ a visitor in your life? Do we put our show on of hospitality and good manners, temporarily pushing our junk into the closets of our lives? Or are we we willing to allow and to invite Christ to live within us? Are we willing to be challenged by Christ's constant presence in time that are good and that are bad? To say, God, I, I know whatever's going on, your love is sufficient. And let me go forth seeking to live out that love. Will we allow ourselves to be transformed by the love of Christ within us? Amen and amen.